0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to the Car Session Sports Report. I'm your host, Job, and as always, I am the outlet, I am the escape, I am the person, the beacon, who gets you away from the sports monotony and all those other networks. And for lack of a better word, I just bring you the real Tonight is all about the NFC North We're going to recap the Olympics But before we get into that, you know I got to talk about a couple of things that left me scratching my head And affirm some ideas that I already had um, The New York Giants That's my team I love me some Giants I'm an NFL fan, I think we've already established these things, however, the NFL and domestic violence once again seem to not have a a clear cut idea of what they want to do and how they want to do it, a couple of weeks ago on card session, I said to you that the NFL doesn't necessarily care about domestic violence, they just want to give the idea that they care, They want to keep up appearances And once again when presented an opportunity To to prove us wrong When I say us I mean people like myself And others who pointed out this fact They fail once again Giants kicker back to my initial point Josh Brown He gets suspended for one game Because of a domestic situation That happened with his wife To where she was pregnant And he put hands on her Allegedly you know <laughs> I gotta throw that out there But the issue isn't the fact that he got suspended And why he got suspended The issue is, is that Once it hit the fan It came out that it was, It's was. it been 20 occurrences Of the situation Of these events where Mr. Brown has put hands on his lady Now, this is not a relationship show This is car Sessions it's a sports support, and I like to keep things sports. But my mind, if it's 20 times, you you might want to start making some life decisions. But I digress. If it comes out that a player in your league, Mr. Goodell, has placed hands on his lady 20 times, whether it's girlfriend or wife or just a simple acquaintance, and they get together and they do what they do, a one-game suspension. It's not enough Do remember like I said a few weeks ago Ray Rice was only getting two games Until it came to to the light That he gave our show Ryuka Uppercut In the elevator Do remember that it was only going to be A two game suspension So essentially what the NFL has done Is regress back to what they really See domestic violence is A small time situation You get a slap on the wrist And you keep it moving Listen I'm an NFL fan I love, I love football, but I have to call a spade a spade. If you're not out here as a league, doing what's right because it's right and not for appearances, we have to call you out. Why? Because it's a kicker, and again, there's no video to support the 20 assaults. He only gets the game So once again Ray Rice got suspended indefinitely Because of appearances Not because of the uppercut In the elevator But because it looked terrible once it got out We're supposed to be okay with this? No seriously Greg Hardy chokeslam his girlfriend on a better gun He gets half the season essentially Josh Brown is a habitual beater. He gets one game, but only because Ray Rice and the video comes out, he gets an indefinite, and it's been, what, two seasons now? The NFL doesn't care about domestic violence, people. They only care about the appearance. They, they, they care about what the shield looks like. Anything that tarnishes the shield overtly, big-time suspension. Let's put this in perspective now. I'm not a big Patriots fan at all. I don't hate the Patriots like some others do, but I'm not a fan either. But Tom Brady gets four games for deflating the ball. Four games. And Josh Brown, basically, nearly twice a month, if you do the math, assaults his wife, gets one game. Tom Brady takes the air out of the ball, gets four games. Granted, there's other circumstances surrounding this Tom Brady four-game suspension, being that he was playing hardball with the NFL, and I understand that. But people, beating up another human being or just lightly putting hands on whatever he did to his wife 20 times, is only worth a game? Tom Brady proved just a year ago that he doesn't necessarily have to take the air out of the ball to be great. But he gets four games because he made the league look bad. But because Josh Brown, in the sanctity of his own home, quietly put hands on his wife, he gets the game. Listen, and this is why I gotta look at the players a certain way. The power of the commissioner is bargained into their CBA. We do remember what happened a few years ago when this new CBA was agreed upon. The players wanted more money. Yes, they wanted more money. So they made certain concessions to get the money So one of those concessions is the power that Goodell wills So now Goodell could just throw out suspensions like over giving out gifts It doesn't even matter Whatever kind of suspensions he wants to give out However he sees fit However he decrees it So shall it be And then they try to insult the fans intelligence by saying it's all about doing what's right But reality is And I'm gonna repeat this It's all about keeping up appearances. If Josh Brown's wife had video footage of all 20 instances that happened, and somehow TMZ got it, Josh Brown would never get another job again. Josh Brown would just be a guy packing groceries somewhere once the money ran out. The NFL, it's almost like we need a lockout. We need this new CBA. We need this new CBA. We need this CBA CBA to expire. We need to, you know, have a better way of doing things. Goodell needs to be limited. The, the players need to be better police. We have to do better. They need to stop being a baseline of, of, of offenses and suspensions. I've said this in the past on car sessions. Each offense should have a, a, a suspension attached to it. You hit your wife, you hit your girlfriend, you hit a woman in general, X amount of games. You do anything to affect the integrity of the game, X amount of games. Steroids, X amount of games got to do better here you're the number one league in the world maybe outside of maybe the premier league with soccer cause soccer is the biggest sport let's be fair but in america you're the a1 sport and you don't even have a uh disciplinary system in place seriously it's just the commission that just wakes up i right, you know i had bacon this morning with some eggs he had three games he, yeah yeah three games right? you got that right but he hit his wife one game one game for him because i you know one game I like my breakfast this morning. So three games for the football. Three games to yelling at the referee. Three games for anything that... That's the integrity of the game is in question. Oh, Brady was bugging. Four games for Brady. But he uppercut it on the elevator. Two games, man. Two. There's a video. Oh, he can't play no more. That's, that's, that's Roger Goodell. <laughs> that is Roger Goodell, man. But anyway. Another issue that was floating around in the NFL was this whole Al Jazeera report. You know, possible steroid allegations. Then you had James Harrison, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, and Mike Neal, who's a free agent at the moment, all getting called to the principal's office. I'm seeing slowly but surely the credibility of that report is being questioned And certain players who are attached are being exonerated But that's not why I wanted to mention it There was a whole issue surrounding How the NFL would deal with these players More specifically James Harrison Telling Goodell If you want to deal with me You can come to my house And there was a whole measuring Oh who has the bigger Johnson No you're going to come to the office No you're going to come to my house Once again who is the boss here? Is it Goodell? Is, are the owners of James Harrison's team his boss? Or is Goodell his boss? There needs to be a clear-cut order here. There is none. For a player to challenge a commissioner and say, well, you need to come to my house, or if you want to deal with me, you can come to my house, that means that there is a lack of respect. And, a, and, a, and if you really comb through certain things, you'll see that it's not necessarily the case to where James Harrison has to agree to come to the, to, to the league office. He doesn't have to agree. Is it in his best interest? Absolutely But he didn't have to But then out of fear of suspension He took himself or agreed to go to the office So here, there you have it It's a power struggle There's an order issue The player's only going to go because he's going to get suspended Not because he has to But because the commissioner are oh, going to tell me No, fine, out suspend your fans support nation Fine So the language needs to be a little clearer In the future Guys like Al Jazeera need to be, you know, for him to have that level of power to where he can just come out, put out something, whether it's accurate or not, and it causes an uproar like this, that's another thing. For all this money that's going through all of these leagues, there needs to be a better situation of handling this, better investigation. You saw how Peyton Manning got down, you the reports came out about how he handled his, I think it got a little physical. Peyton Manning wasn't playing around. He had the paper to get his private security do what he had to do, and I know the league has the paper, so something needs to be done sports fans don't y'all agree the money is there sports tickets are expensive it's big bread to go to all games so the money is there so I feel as though in the future order for the NFL a better game plan a better approach so that when they talk about protecting the shield at least I can respect it Right now, I don't respect it. I respect, I, I I, look at it as appearances over respecting the shield. And then when you keep up appearances, you insult the intelligence of a lot of people, including myself. There's some fans who don't care. They just want to see football. But when you have 24-hour media cycles and all of these sports networks and it's constantly getting shoved in our face, at least do the right thing so that I'm not looking around like, this looks like garbage, man. I miss the days where you could hold up your league and when a league did something, you respected it. It just looks like trash to me now. Sad to say, but it is what it is. Enough about the negativity, though. Well, maybe not necessarily enough. But Mr. Lofty, I gave him a pass last week because there was a lot else going on. And, you know, I don't like to talk until I have certain information. You, you have, Again, this is the break. Call sessions is the break. We don't just react and give takes. We talk about what it is. I'm not going to kick Lochte because he's had a week and change of being kicked. But Ryan Lofty reminds me of that guy that you hang out with. Y'all get into a situation. You and your squad. Y'all go out. Y'all go to the bar. Y'all go to the club. Y'all, win. y'all, y'all did something. Y'all bump us out, a fellow group. Things go left. Y'all take the L, but when y'all get back to the block, He's telling a whole different rendition of what happened. Like, I know y'all got beat up, but when you got back, yo, we, we tossed them, man. We handled our business. Those who thought they could get crazy with us, we handled our business. And y'all looking around at each other like, we definitely got washed and set. We didn't win that fight. Why is he telling them that we won? We didn't even have to talk about this. That fight could have stayed right there. That's what Laxley did right here. Whatever happened in Brazil could have stayed right there. He told his mom, his mom got to talking, Then got blown out of proportion When the the issue was He didn't necessarily have to tell a soul And then he wanted to exaggerate it And then you gotta tell your homeboy Who's locked When you're getting your private time You gotta be like come on son Come on boy You didn't have to do that You didn't have to tell everybody What if it hits the fan now and we have to own up to it? So now you're going to have everybody looking crazy on the block. And that's what happened in this locking situation. The block being Brazil, y'all look crazy. And I understand why Brazil's taking the approach they're taking. Because Brazil uses tourism... As a huge beacon As a huge support system for their economy So if a, you know, a high ranking American athlete in the Olympics Saying he got robbed at gunpoint And things didn't necessarily go verbatim How he says it goes It's a bad look for the nation People are going to think twice They don't want to have a gun on their face getting robbed Ryan Lochte hurting business People are not looking at it from that perspective They're just looking at it as oh it's not that big of a deal He told a white lie he's a kid Ryan Lochte 32 by the way he's not a kid I wish they would stop saying that Gabby Douglas is out here She does one thing wrong and they drag her in the media But then Ryan Lochte's a kid He's 32 years old, he's a grown man Stop it But I understand Brazil They can't afford to have someone besmirch them In the public's eye with a, Literally the whole world is watching So Lochte Stop being a clown in the crew Embarrassing everybody Everybody be mindful that Brazil Has to take this link because it, it literally Hurts business and beyond that, let's not kick him because when you, everybody... y'all did y'all research. I see that some things did happen. Maybe it didn't happen verbatim the way Lockheed said that, but things happened. He got beat up last week. but let's go forward and let's be more mindful about the Olympic celebration. And not one dude wilding and messing it up for the whole crew. That being said, Michael Phelps. The argument can be made. The greatest Olympic performer of all time. As of today... I think it's pretty close between him and Usain Bolt Because no no one has done what Usain Bolt has done either Those two guys deserve to be put on the pedestal as they've been placed on as of today However, Simone Biles is coming People are not talking about her as much as I feel like they should be talking about her You know, we, lo- we lost a few days of proper Olympic coverage because of the lofty situation But understand, son, Simone Browse will be 23 in four years, provided she avoids catastrophic injury. She stays on the path that she's been on. She's already dominated the last two world championships leading up to these Olympics, where she dominated four out of five gold with one bronze. Simone Browse is going to surpass both of those guys because we've never seen a gymnast like her. Sometimes, you know, it's not fair. She's built perfectly. She's small. She's compact. And she's extremely athletic. If I have to compare her athletically to anyone, it will be uh, Nate Robinson. Those, those short, springy, real bouncy athletes. It's not fair that she has this God-given ability. And if she stays in the right course, she'll be back in Tokyo in four years. And she will surpass both of these men. Because we would never have seen a gymnast do what she's done. If it's gold, four out of five gold again, alongside world championship domination. Think about it. She won three straight world championships before she got to the Olympics. This is not no flash in the pan. People are not following her. They know who she was until the Olympics showed up, then they did the nice little video packages and you got a good idea who she was. I respect that. Everybody doesn't follow gymnastics. I damn sure don't, but I like to do my research. She's gonna pass Understand that. Another no the one thing that I really cared about the most here, believe it or not, I'm American, but I chair for the Brazilian soccer team was getting to see that extremely tense game between Brazil and Germany. Brazil got 7-1 in the 2014 World Cup. And this was a very, very big revenge game. I, I I didn't know this, but in Brazilian culture, that 7-1 loss resonated so much that when they talk about things like, for instance, if I'm talking to you and I say I want to beat you up in Brazil, they'll say I'll 7-1 you. That's how much that loss resonated with the culture understand that, so this game was huge, to play the team that embarrassed you in front of your home, in your home country, 7-1, to in the World Cup that you were supposed to win, to get, even though it was like the same players are playing, it what was under twenty three squad, but still, it's Germany, it's Brazil, it's a revenge game, Brazil got the lead early, they played really tense, Germany played a really good game, had the game late, it went to penalty kicks, and it was almost like theater. The, the, the very last 10 for Germany got saved by Weberton, the goalkeeper from Brazil. And Neymar, for the win, with the nation on his back, literally won the game. I couldn't write a better script. Shout out to Brazil. Bruh, I literally made that appointment watching. I'm a low-key soccer fan, but I'm more big on a larger-scale tournament. You're not going to see me it's in the Premier League and the Champions League and all of that. But if it's a big tournament with national teams involved, I'm on it. I'm West Indies soon. And the last thing I wanted to get to before we get into this whole NFC North preview. I'm a Laker fan, and I've been noticing something on social media that's irking me just a little bit. It's really, it's really lighthearted, and it probably doesn't mean anything, but it means something to me, damn it. D'Angelo Russell. Still walking around here with the phone everywhere. Alright, he's filming things. That are not intrusive It's small scale filming It's basically what kids do today In social media They basically film everything But D'Angelo Have we not learned anything? Come on man Come on man At some point You have got to realize That based on the situation That you placed yourself in Having your phone now. Filming your day-to-day operations might not be the best idea. Yeah, a situation like about a week a week and a half ago, he's in the ring of Roy Hibbert. They train in, and he and he's filming himself, getting a shot of himself with Hibbert boxing in the background. He's riding bike here, he's there, and he's snapping every damn thing, Mister Russell. Don't if you. Oh, if you do this again this year and you film the wrong thing and it gets out, I, I defended you. You remember, I defended you when it hit the fan. You're going to be on your own this time. And I'll say, and I'll, I'll, hey, I want you to be treated. You see, I'm getting emotional, y'all. Y'all hear me getting emotional because I don't agree with what he's doing. When you're a person in a high, highly, I don't want to say highly, but somewhat prominent position, you're, you're noticeable. You're in the public's eye. There it is. You're in the public's eye. You need to be a little cautious about having your phone out and filming everything. And I feel like he didn't learn his lesson. And hopefully, over time, we don't see any snippets of, of the Laker locker room and Julius Randle or Jordan Clarkson or, or the newly signed E. John line in the background, and he's looking crazy for the second time. That's all I'm saying, Mr. Russell. Be mindful. Laker fans, don't get mad. The E signing is a, is a win-win because... If he plays well, it's the win. If he doesn't play well, it doesn't matter. He's not, he's not, he doesn't affect the bottom line. So relax yourself. But people, that's my quick assessment of what happened in the past week of sports leading all the way up until today. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back with NFC North preview. It's car sessions, y'all. The car session sports report is live every Monday at seven PM. If you can't make it for the live show, this episode and all other episodes are available as a podcast on blogtalkradio.com slash car session sports talk. I'll repeat that blogtalkradio.com slash car session sports talk. Don't miss out. Do not miss out. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. This is the dopest podcast on the East Coast. We do it and we do it majorly with me now. TJ, the preview the NFC North. Welcome back, man. Sam Legs. What's going
2: on? Ain't nothing much, man. I hear you ripping and ranting over there in the, in the first 20 minutes of the show and everything doing your thing. Good job, brother.
1: Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to spread the word, man. Spread the gospel. <laughs> <laughs> What's How you going on? on with that
2: week? Week? My week is actually pretty good, um... Just hung out with a couple of friends and everything And that's about it, man, just pay attention to what's going on in preseason Get ready to talk and prep for today's show I ain't mad at that, yeah. I ain't mad at that at
1: all, man But let's get let's ready to do it, bro I did a I calm 20 what it is Wherever you want to go, we can go
2: Ah, let's see Who's the closest to us out these? I think Detroit's the closest squad to New York City So let's start with Detroit We can do that, what it
1: is
2: Alright Detroit They lost Calvin Johnson Wait wait Matt fact, Let me just put this like this They lost their second All time great Within the past 20 years To an earlier time. Right. First being Barry Sanders For you youngsters They don't know about this To me the greatest Running back of all time And they lost Calvin Johnson Um Calvin was a shell of himself. But was still productive as wide receiver, but he was still getting triple coverage regardless. And like I never heard that day in my life. until Calvin Johnson <laughs> triple coverage, triple coverage. That's ridiculous. But y'all pay respect to that man. So, and they bring in Marvin Jones. Got okay receiver. I don't know if he's worth that contract. However, but the defense played fairly well last year. Going towards the season Strat- Stafford is okay at quarterback. He's cheatering. He could come something. A lot of people seem to like Detroit this year. I'm not really sold on them. I think they are better than only one team in this division. I got them finishing third currently. Right? I'm like, I know they got one good corner. I'm not sure about anybody else at D-back, so like, I can't call it too much. What you
1: say? Uh, the Detroit Lions they're a perennial disappointment. Like you said, they had Calvin Johnson, who was, for time, you got argue that he was probably the best modern-day receiver we've seen. They have a quarterback who's never lived up to expectations in um, Matt Stafford. They can never figure out the running back situation. Their defense, I think they, they've had one good defensive year in the past, what, five or six? And now you take away yeah. the, greatest, the greatest possible receiver generation. Don't get me wrong, I like Golden State a lot. I like Jones but I feel like this team is real regular, uh, TJ. I don't, I don't see anything that says that they're going to blow us away. You say they're in third place? I can agree to that. I, they, they might linger in last place because I just don't see anything from this team that inspires me. I, as we've established on sessions preview, I like quarterbacks, especially this current NFL. Matt Stafford hasn't done anything that, that will allow me to say he can uplift our average team and drag him into the playoffs. The only caveat I can say is that he played, the one time he made the playoffs against uh, Dallas, he played pretty well, and they kind of got robbed. But beyond that, what has Matt Stafford done to say All right, he could galvanize TJ to want to run through a wall and make every catch possible, nothing? Eric Ebron drafted to be a high-end tight end. He's been a disappointment. There's nothing about this team that, that's exciting. Even off the field, I like to talk about the off the field issues, they're just so bland. They're, they're, they're generic. There's nothing happening off the field. The coaches, whatever. The players that show the shoulder shrug. I'm not really impressed with the Detroit Lions right
2: now. I'm not overly impressed by them either, but, like, I'm not going to say everyone hasn't done anything. He hasn't done anything yet, but yet he's only in his third season. Like, usually takes, like, tight ends at least, like, three seasons to come about. I do like I the know. offensive line, but... Outside of that, like, I'm not too sure. Like, I know Ziggy Ansah is supposed to be the man and everything, but, like, you got to see how that plays out. Like, it's one of those situations where I got to see it to believe it. And so far in the preseason, you don't, like, buying into it or whatever, but I do within the first first squad versus the first squad. If you don't prove much to me there, then I can't, like, really put anything toward you and put too much stock into you. So I'm going to have them basically at, like, the third spot.
1: Uh, I mean, I can't get mad at that. To your point about Ebron, I just, I mean, two years he hasn't done anything. Well, how much more you need to see, TJ?
2: Uh, well, year you know, one tight end, it takes a while for tight ends, man. Right? Like, it's not like uh-huh. running backs come in there. I just feel based, like it takes like three years for a tight end to come about and do their thing.
1: Based on where he was drafted, I don't, I don't think. It wasn't like he was drafted in the fourth round and he was a project This guy was held up to be a a high-end talent Coming into the league Jeremy Shockey didn't take three or four years Shockey was balling from day one You know, guys who were drafted high at the tight end position I expected to produce right away And he, uh, along with the rest of his teammates Have been one big shoulder shrug to me
2: Listen, I'm not going to lie Going into that draft where Ebron came out I wanted the Giants to pick up Ebron before Odell Okay. but it just, it just so happened that <laughs> Detroit picked up Ebron before Odell I
1: know I know. what I don't how... want picking my players for future reference TJ cannot pick players
2: <laughs> that's it he <laughs> 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 wanted Ebron over Odell what? you crazy? listen man are you saying that in hindsight or are you talking about like Odell from LSU because so it was Odell, not a passing offense Odell but see
1: when Odell got the ball at LSU it was problems bro
2: yeah,
1: it was problems. Yeah. He made he made plays in three years then, bro. You can't dispute that.
2: Yeah, he did. He did. He did. I know. He did. Him I, and I his man, I, I didn't see Who's either one
1: of being. Who played Yes. Zach Menberger.
2: Yeah. Okay. I mean,
1: uh, like you said, they're not a passing offense, but when they got the ball, just the few times that they did, they made plays. You gotta give him
2: that. Yeah.
1: You gotta give him yeah. that.
2: Yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't see up? that much of it.
1: What's up, ahead, in Minnesota, bro. though, man? Like, well, how, how you how you feeling about the Vikings coming into this season? They made the playoffs last year. Some would argue that they should have went to the second round, but the hand of God literally took the ball and flung it. Well, I think it was wide left. It was a really weird looking field goal. So
2: yeah, I, I remember moving,
1: that. Moving into a new stadium, I believe. A. P. Late in his career, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Is this a second or a third year, TJ? I don't remember right now.
2: Third year. He's entering third play. year,
1: Teddy Bridgewater. Do they make the leap or do they take the step back?
2: I actually got them finishing first in this division. I okay. think um, – what's this? What's the head coach's name? Zimmer? Not Zimmer. I forgot his name. But he was the same defensive coordinator from uh, Cincinnati, and he actually put down a pretty good defense in Cincinnati. He always okay. has a whole bunch of depth at corner, which he does now. He has literally, like, three first-round guys at corner. so no, four, including Terrence Newman, and your boy, and my boy, actually, Xavier Rose at corner, yeah, who's very your, underrated to me. That's your guy. <laughs> uh, you don't like Xavier? That's your I guy? I, that's you.
1: I, I, I ain't saying I don't like him, but just because you played for the nose don't mean I cosign everything you do on the field, bro.
2: Okay, fair enough. I think he's a pretty. I think he's pretty good. I think he's underrated. Um, I think, personally, I'm going to go back to, like, when the 70s was around, when the Vikings had that purple um, people either defense. I think this defense is going to be top 10. I, okay. like, I think they had playmakers at every level. Um, pass rush was fairly good last year. They got great athleticism at linebacker. Only thing is, is as long as Bridgewater could take that next step and open up that field instead of everybody playing eight in the box on AP, and he still finishes in the top three, in rushing in the league, because the man's just an animal, if they could just get some sort of offense that North Turner wants to push in Minnesota, it will be great for them. And they're moving indoors again. I think I'm not going to say they're in contention for the NFC Championship, but I could see them actually getting to the NFC Championship game. Personally. I wouldn't be surprised at that.
1: Hey, hey, hey. Slow down. You man... You always find a way to leave me a little speechless when you come on this show, man. All right, yeah, that's what I'm they, to do. they made they made the playoffs, and I respect that. And and again, for all intents and purposes, they dominated that game against the uh, Seahawks. Whether I think you know the Seahawks were a veteran team, they made plays when the plays were makeable. I think it was a situation where Russell Wilson br- uh, evaded a tackle, was like a bad snap, he ran around, made a big pass. Uh, And again, the missed field goal, as I mentioned earlier. But throughout that game, that was Minnesota's game to win.
2: I agree.
1: I'm just not sure. Their defense is really strong. But, you know, teams get a chance to prep. They had X amount of months to prepare themselves for the following season. There's going to be a lot of tape on them. I never trust North Turner as an offensive coordinator when there's expectations on North. North Turner ain't been the same since we were children, and he was at the Dallas Cowboys in the same position as offensive coordinator. He's never lived up to expectations ever since. So I can't now trust him to do so because he just never does. Mike Zimmer was the head coach, by the way. I don't know, man. Yeah. I just don't. Their defense is going to be great. Teams are going to figure out ways to score on them because the film is out. But they do have a lot of talent. They got that kid from Florida that I like a lot. Sharif Floyd. I like Sharif Floyd a lot. But I don't know, TJ. Is, was this a happenstance team? I feel like the NFL
2: always has a couple of happenstance teams that make the playoffs,
1: and they really have no
2: business making the playoffs. I kind of feel that way I'm about gonna, Minnesota, man. I kind of feel uh, that way. man! Like, I'm feeling feel like happenstances this. right now. I'm going to feel like this. North Turner, I don't trust him as a head coach. As the OC, sure. he's like, I'll trust him more as an OC than a head coach. So at least, he, at least we know that the game decisions are not going to be, per se, based on him is going to have everybody locked in. I like him as a coach. It's his third year with that squad. Man, listen, that man can motivate. It seems like all his players are, are willing to run through, the, through like they say, run through the bricks and the wall for him. I think they do that. Uh, it's just a matter of being competent at the wide receiver and tight end position to actually be able to stretch the field out a little more, open up something else down. If they can score 20 to 22 points a game and hold teams to like 17 points, they'll be fine. And I think they could do that. Even in that division. Like, I, they have two squads in that division that doesn't, like, you know it's not going to score that much with Detroit-Chicago.
1: All right. All right. But but this is the question now. If they can score that, is this the year? Is this the year that they allow Bridgewater to shine? It's year three. They've essentially held him back the first two years. He was a game manager is he still gonna be a game manager? That's my question to you, TJ. Because score 20 points in the NFL, your quarterback is gonna have to, at some point, throw the ball at least 25 times in a game on a regular, sometimes 30 times per game on a regular basis to win and get to the Super Bowl. Even as much as Cam Newton might've ran the ball or they ran the ball a lot, Cam Newton still had to throw the ball last year. Can, can, I'm not saying Teddy's Cam, but do you trust them to let him live in the Dome Stadium this
2: season? gonna be, I think, situational football um, okay. you know that the, the main point of that team that they want to pose is their opposing defense. As long as that defense will hold things down, I'm not saying Teddy has to be able to throw the ball 25, 30 times. If he could throw the ball 20, 25 times and attempt at least five big plays, five deep plays, that opens up everything for AP. And they got to be able to use their backup back of McKinnon because McKinnon is actually a beast on the low that a lot of people don't know about. Like that man, could he could run and he could catch. And so I would love to see them just open up the offense a little bit. And knowing Nerf, Nerf Turner, sorry, I think they will do that. I still got the Vikings first. All
1: right. I don't know. Who like, you got them? Uh, <laughs> I had them in second place, man. But Okay. But not because I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I just have them in second place. <laughs> I, got you. I, I I already yeah, know
2: where you're going with that one, so that's fair enough. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I'm it's, sorry, TJ man You're my guy, bro. You, you're my guy. It's fine. But it's
2: fine. I don't it's, know pretty, I, I just, it's pretty much straightforward where you're going for the rest of the division and everything. So I'm like, all right, cool. I got to your point of why you're going that way.
1: I, I just don't. Minnesota, it's not even a matter. You know, some people I just don't respect. I don't want to say I don't respect them, but I need to see it again. Was this a flash in the pan one and done season? Or was this team legitimately that good? That's, that's, that's the mm. question right now. As of right now, I think they're a flash in the pan team. Would I mind if they prove me wrong? Absolutely not. But flash in the pan. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. I don't trust North Turner. I don't trust Mike Zimmer. The only think I trust about that team is their defense. Because they didn't lose many pieces. And they got a year of experience under the belt. Another year, I should say, of experience under the belt. I think that defense is going to be there, but I feel like this might be a situation where we're going to be spending week after week saying, oh, if they could only score 20 points, this would be the best team in the NFL. And they're going to go like 9-7 and seven or 8-8, eight and eight, mostly because of their defense. And that, like Cordero Patterson was supposed to be that guy how many years now? He's done nothing, bro.
2: God, so that, that was before Zimmer got there. Like, that was the last regime. So I'm not even going to put Cordero Patterson And on that one, Cordell, I like Cordell Patterson, um, Patterson, like, two years ago, two, three years ago. But now, like, clearly, this is where I was thinking he could be like a Percy Harvin. Not necessarily a route runner, but just somebody that has pure athletic standpoint. I like him, but now I'm done with him. See, like, I'm, yeah. How
1: you feel? How you feel? I don't don't think I heard you mention the O-line. How you feel about the O-line, man?
2: I think they actually got with the piece well, I think they got a low hope back this year. He was hurt last year. They picked up right. somebody from Cincinnati as well. So I think the whole line should be better than it was last year. Um yeah, like as long as they can protect that AP, man, listen, as long as you got A P running back there, he's a Terminator. I'm sorry. He's the modern day NFL version of the Terminator.
1: I just I hey man, they gonna play a stronger schedule this year. Everybody's looking at them. This what Again, expectations. It could even make or break you. And you know what? This is a non-disrespectful second place. I don't have to make making the playoffs. But at the same time, if you hit me over the head in January and they make the playoffs, I won't be mad. But right now, okay. I don't have them making the playoffs because I just don't believe them. I believe that they're going to regress. And they're going to be right. a pretty average. They're going to be an average overall football team and a really stout defense. That's how I view them as of today.
2: That's it. So you got them winning about what eight or nine games? I'm assuming. Eight or nine,
1: eight or nine games. Yeah. All the right. Defense is that good?
2: Yeah. Okay, I can see that. I, 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 I at least you, at least we're not like first to third or first to fourth. Right. It could be like a toss up between them and this next team we'll talk about save the them. top I, I, I was gonna save them for last. I wanted to go to Chicago, man. Oh, you wanna save them for last? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. You jump about the next squad then.
1: Chicago Bears, they're another team in the, in the NFC North that I feel like are perennially disappointing. As you've known, you follow the sport. They've spent a lot of years with a lot of talent on the offense. They've never really had a particularly trash defense. They, they've always had a respectable defense, and they've never gotten where they needed to go. You know, I'm not as down on Jay Cutler as other people are, but I understand that he has emotional issues and this and that. And he does make questionable throws, but I don't hate the guy. He's not Brock Osweiler. Like, I don't hate this guy. But this particular year, I feel like the bottom is going to fall out. I'm not a John Fox guy. You know, don't don't ask me why, TJ. I just never liked him. I just feel like, you know, I, I just don't like him. <laughs> okay. it's, it's some coaches in the league, I just don't like. I feel like we saw, we saw the approach last year in Denver leading to the Super Bowl. And I felt like John Fox in two separate Super Bowl situations, he had a little bit of that cough in him. And you know how I feel. Like I don't like teams that play not to lose as opposed to going for the gusto. He's a safe coach. He's he's pretty much in the middle. He does He's not swaying one way or the other. And with a team like this, with guys who want to get paid, a temperamental quarterback, I just feel like this has the makings of a combustible situation on top of the fact that the temperamental quarterback lost his offensive coordinator. I don't know, man. Are they gonna pay sean Jeffrey? Is Eddie Royal ever gonna live up to expectations? They lost their it's running back. Like over. I, I'm just saying, he, he he's he's had a couple of years where you're like, oh, hi Eddie, maybe he could follow that up, And then he doesn't follow that up. They lost their yeah. running back over to the Jets. So I don't I don't know. I feel like Chicago's a strong last place. I don't have them any higher than fourth. I think they're a last place team this year. I don't know about you. I,
2: I'm going to say this: They are in contention for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes.
1: Okay. That might yeah, be I, the best to to
2: them. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be personally. I think it's between Chicago and the 49ers for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. Right. Personally, um, I think it's over to Jay Cutler this year. Not saying he doesn't have a good year, but you have a young possible stud at wide receiver in Kevin White. Then you have a, your stud while you know, Alshon Jeffery, who you're going to have to pay, because you're not going to want to give up your, that stud and keep Jay Cutler. You're going to have to move on from that position. So, I see Cutler getting cut. He'll latch on to another squad, whoever needs to quarterback, going into next season. Whether I think he'll still get a starting job, because he does have a tanning for an arm, I'm not going to take that away from him. If things don't pan out for turn in Miami, in Miami, might go to Miami, go back where Adam Chase. will get right. his best year in Chicago. But I, they still have some young talent up and coming, but they're nowhere close to being ready to contend so, with any of those other teams in, Detroit, in that division. So,
1: so let, me ask, let me ask you this, right? Is Kevin White really an up and coming stud or was he a victim of circumstance being that Alshon Jeffrey missed time last year and somebody had to get the ball? It sounds like sports where... Somebody's going to get shot oh, no. because there's no talent Is Kevin White oh, no. really a stud? Is
2: he Is he worth that status? Look, Kevin White coming into the season, because he didn't play at all last season. Between him and Bashar Perriman and Baltimore, they were out the whole season. But okay. his, for the tangible measurements that he has, he uh, he runs a 4.35 and at like six two six three, where it weighs like 220. He has to, like, essentially, it could be like. Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall again.
1: Okay, 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 I can see that. I mean, I can see it, but I just want—I want you know, for the listeners to get an idea because there's skeptics out there like myself. I—I I, want to see it. Is Kevin White really going to shine now that the book is out? Now that Alshon Jeffrey's going to get his targets that he was getting a year ago? You know, I'm curious about
2: yeah. that. Yeah, but he's this, just I guess raw. He's raw. Okay. Like I don't like when he was in uh, where he go to school, West Virginia. Uh-huh. He didn't run too many good like routes and everything. He was more so cast the ball at the line of scrimmage and make plays and from there. Right. And go, right. So it was just a spread offense, essentially, and not much route running and NFL-type team. So okay. I'm saying for him, he had a year just to chill and just to watch. Hopefully he learned something from it at that time, and we got to see it progress, though. He has to, have you know to put, it, put it to the field
1: i say this. The so one thing in his favor right now is the fact that Bennett at tight end is not there to take away the talent. They have Zach Miller at the tight end, but he's not Bennett in terms of the talent and the skill set. So maybe those targets yeah. will just go to him anyway. And again, their running back situation is in flux. You know, Jeremy Langford, not now he's going to have a full year as I think the primary back. They have Jaquiz Roberts. They have Kadeem Carey. You don't, they don't have a primary back. Or not a primary back, a feature back. You know what I mean? So, maybe I, they'll be throwing a lot. I, like I don't Lankford, know. like though. You like
2: him? I kind of like Lankford. Like, he went to Michigan State. I like him. I think he was after Le'Veon Bell, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. So, I, I do like um, Langford. He kind of reminded me at Michigan State of Le'Veon a little bit while he was there. It's just that he was stuck behind Forte. He had a couple of good games last season. So, I'm not hey, on, I'm not low on him.
1: I remember it was, a, it was a Monday night game that he signed last year against the Chargers. He had a pretty decent game. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'll say that. Anything about their defense of note, or will this be the reason why they end up being in last place?
2: Um, I don't think that. I think they have pretty good, like, d back. It's a matter of getting a pass rush going. Um, right. I like Fuller. I like Amos. From Penn State, uh, he was a safety last year. He actually very underrated safety last year. So nothing crazy. They Should be pretty good at linebacker. I think they could be like middle from anywhere from 15 to 22 in terms of defensive rankings the next season. Nothing okay. crazy.
1: I mean, if they're middle of the pack on both sides of the ball, how 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 they gonna end up in last place? I guess I guess that's where the situational football are coming to play and the decision making from the guys on the field will decide the where they end up in terms of their position. In the standing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. I, I
1: so. and last but not least, the team that you have, I guess, in second place and the team that I have at first, the Green Bay Packers. For for you to have the Vikings finishing in first and taking the division, what are the Packers lacking that they won't be able to regain their crown as the NFC North champions? Um, it's
2: a matter of whether or not it's jordy nelson can come back and be jordy nelson because the all offense right. did kind of struggle a little bit like there was no true number one wide receiver out there like aaron Rodgers is a beast we all know that okay. um but it's a matter of being able to stretch the field randall Cobb couldn't do that Devontae adams couldn't do that whoever the other receivers they were not able to get separation on the deep patterns at all so that like severely like hindered the squad and okay of course, Eddie Lacy came in looking like an offensive lineman rather than a running back last season. So, he said to have, like he went on Um, I forgot what kind of workout regimen he was doing over over the offseason. He said to be back in shape. From what I've seen, he looks like he's a pretty good option I guess. So, like he is a beast. Let's not get that. I don't think he's like Trent Richardson. Like, Eddie Lacy can't be a monster. He just has to be in the right shape. Defensively, moving back on, what's his dude name from the linebacker, the guy's name, from outside linebacker back to true spot as a, no, from inside linebacker back to outside linebacker to go rushing quarterback, Julius Peppers, they still got to go through that whole, yeah, they still got to go through the whole thing in terms of what the NFL is asking about the Al Jaheer case, so they still got to go through that. So if they get suspended, that's going to be a big hit to that that defense. Yes, yes,
1: yes, yes. I agree with you because if you lose Matthews, I mentioned him earlier in the show. If you lose Matthews and Peppers, to any kind of suspension, right? On top of the fact that the defense is not like they're not like the cheese curtain, you know what I mean? They're not that good. They're not bad, what? but they're they're pretty in middle of the pack. I would say maybe upper average, maybe like thirteenth in the league if everything goes right. If you lose those two guys. Then you leave more pressure on the secondary. They got a couple of guys. Sam Shields is pretty good. Clinton Dix is pretty good. They, they pass rush is gonna hurt. So teams are gonna have a lot more time, to, and you're gonna put it on Aaron Rodgers even more than already is on Aaron Rodgers to carry the mm-hmm. load. And I'm a little nervous about that because we saw just last year when they lost guys due to injury, as great as Aaron Rodgers was they still couldn't win their division. They had to end up going on the road in the playoffs by way of the wild card round. ran they got to the second round and they could have snuck into the NFC championship game. You don't want to exert that much energy just to make the playoffs and then you don't even have a home game. And with a team like Minnesota who depending on where the ball goes here or where the cookie crumbles I should say, they could take the division again. Nobody saw Minnesota coming last year. I didn't see them coming. I still don't see them. But let's, let's call a spade a spade. If the Packers flop and our guys are not available for them, Minnesota can steal his division again, man.
2: No, I Jordy totally N- agree with you on that one.
1: And- Jody Nelson coming off of ACL, you know, bad enough for the stereotypes about the white receiver and athleticism, and now he's coming off of ACL. How, how good is he going to be at the wide receiver position this coming year? You know, Randall Cobb is still there. They have Jeff Janis, who became a, 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 a Aaron Rodgers' main star. Is he going to be able to duplicate what he did a year ago in Jody Nelson's absence? Their offensive line has always been a little bit shaky. That's why Rodgers is able to make the plays because he's running around trying not to get killed. So it's gonna be on that running game. They got. I feel like they need, this year take like what the what the Cowboys did two years ago, put more of an onus on the run, and save your quarterback for more efficient type plays in the passing game. I'm not sure if you agree, but I feel like if Lacy's in shape and stocks can stay healthy, you know, I think they might be able to establish the run and then alleviate the pressure from Aaron Rodgers. What do you think about that? Or is it just going to be more of the same in terms of Rodgers carrying
2: them? Um, no, because I can see what you're saying actually coming to fruition just because McCarthy's actually taken back over the play corner. Okay. So, okay. It's, it's like, McCarthy's been, like, the head coach, O.C. Like, whoever yeah. was calling the plays for them last year wasn't working for them. And then right. as McCarthy took back over, it started the offense looked much better. Um, Lacey showed flashes last year. Like, I think it was in a game against the Cardinals in the playoffs where he actually had, like, a couple of big plays, but yes. he couldn't. Like, he, he looked like a locomotive, like, with a whole bunch of cold on it, rather than actual speed train trying to, like, go down the field. So, it, if he could be healthy at about 230, 240, instead of 260, like a DN, then I could see his offense doing work. But, the only reason why I got them two because I feel like Minnesota has the depth on defense in, in, in order to kind of prevent Green Bay from ODing uh, right. offensively versus
1: them. You know what? So It was one point you just made about McCarthy being the, the play caller. They had a better balance with McCarthy as a play caller. I don't know. Some guys have that gift to call plays. Mike McCarthy is one of those guys. He knows when to call what, he keeps the, def- the opposing defense off balance. And he has a better feel about when he needs to take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. Two years ago, when they made it to the NFC Championship game, they weren't a pass heavy team. They had a good balance and they had a great attack. They, they should have won the NFC Championship game against Seattle for all intents and purposes two years ago. So I, right. I just wanted to say that I agree with you with McCarthy calling the plays. It'll be a good enough balance to where maybe Rodgers doesn't have to force the issue.
2: Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you don't have to go through any more of those like. It was like two games they had last year where they had to do like end of the game kind of hail marys and it got yeah. broken them.
0: Yeah. One against You're Detroit. Not get that it, <laughs> yeah. So
2: that we'll, we'll see how that one plays out for them. But yeah, I I got them finishing second. You got them finishing first. As you know, I got it noted down, ready to go.
1: True indeed. True indeed, man. So that being said, right now I think I have one team out of the. NFC West making the playoffs. A team and a half making it out of the NFC South and one team out of the NFC North making the playoffs. I'm
2: I'm real I'm kinda East Coast bias, you think, DJ? I'm not gonna pull <laughs> I'm not gonna pull your card until I hear it after what two shows from now when we wrap up the whole coverage of everything. So I wait today. I hear your playoff teams, you hear my playoff teams and we'll just go off for that.
1: Ain't no more DJ, I appreciate the time Next week uh, AFC West I've been looking forward To talking about The AFC West I feel like we've saved Some of the We started off With some of the best And we've saved Some of the best For last I know Raider Dre Is going to be on deck Next week To talk AFC West Specifically his Raiders So I'm looking forward To that man
2: Oh yeah I'm definitely looking Forward to that one I, I, I'm really excited About next week's show With AFC West Because I think This one could go Any which way So we'll see how, how It turns out For both of us
1: Alright, brother man, thanks for the time. Next week we do it again. Yes, sir. Peace. Uh for those that are disappointed, let me let me cut the music off. For those that are disappointed, or let me disappoint you right now, Eddie won't be with us this week because we are all working men. His job required him to stay a little bit later so he won't be able to join us for the Mets and Major League Baseball segment. So I'm going to have to do it by myself. You know, the New York Mets last week, West Coast trip. They went three and four against the Diamondbacks. So essentially what they did with the Diamondbacks was they went one and five against the worst team in the National League in a six game sample. But then they found a way to bounce back after getting two tough losses, two tough L's when they had against the Giants by getting the last two in pretty impressive fashion because Yoannis Cespedes was able to save them. He dominated the Saturday game, hitting two monster home runs and accounted for all the offense in the Sunday night game in San Francisco with a two-run home run, which was spearheaded by a leadoff double by Curtis Grandison. So three or four road trip. And for as bad as things have been for the New York Mets, (laughs) they're only four and a half games out of the the second wildcard position. It's like, I'm a Mets fan. I've been through the wars with the Mets. I've been through the trials and tribulations with the Mets. But it's like this particular season, I just feel like as bad as things have been, the Mets are literally one stretch of 10 games where they win 7 out of 10, where they'll be right back in contention for the playoffs. So it's like as much as I want to be off the Mets, forcing me to stay the course. Because I've been disappointed by them so many times, and I know what MET disappointment looks like, I want to hop off the bus and save my emotions from being hurt. Because <laughs> being a MET fan is hard. For the MET fans out there who have been through the wars just like me, and understand what it is to be a MET fan, it's hard to be a MET fan. It's hard to watch nine in the games where we're leading and then lose the lead in the ninth inning because the best closer in the game wants to give a game away. He's giving away three games on top of everything else we've done wrong. The Mets shouldn't be at 500 right now. The Mets should be at least five games over 500. But because of situations, it's like weird things like blown saves from Familia. Two games that Thor started where he got tossed in the Dodger game because he threw behind Utley, and one where he got hurt, now, Max has shoulder issues, and he hasn't been able to pitch. And as soon as he started to pitch well, he gets a shoulder issue. Before that, he had the bone spurs where he couldn't pitch right. So it's like, there's so many different things that's happening to the Mets. for got hurt, as Druba Cabrera got hurt, gotten them back. And now, a big series coming up against the Cardinals, where um, Walker has paternity leave. It's like the Mets can't get right. But as much as they can't get right... They're still right there. They have a three-game series in St. Louis against a team that they're chasing for the second wildcard position. Hey, you can't ask for a better spot right now. You cannot ask for a better spot than where they are today. The New York Yankees shifting gears, you know, they, they're supposed to be bad this year. They're, they're supposed to be selling, but I just, I just want to say that I'm not a Mets fan who hates, who bashes. I got to give credit where credit is due. The Yankees finding a way to still be in some kind of playoff contention as bad as they were supposed to be, very impressive. In terms of the National League Central, Chicago Cubs, much like um, Coach Green, R.I.P., with with that post-game tirade, they are who we thought they were. The Cubs have become who we thought they would be. They won 10 games straight about a week ago. They're in a good stretch right now. Chris Bryant in his second year is looking like an MVP. 30 home runs. Two games this season with five RBIs and five hits. Very impressive. But the Washington Nationals, big injury. They lost Strasburg. Elbow situation, 15-day DL. The Miami Marlins lost Giancarlo for the rest of the season. This is why when I look around and I see what's happening with the Mets, it's like the baseball guys want to play with the Mets. They want to tease them. <laughs> but then things keep happening around them. Players that are on teams that they're chasing are falling. And it's making life a little bit easier for the Mets. And this is why I believe that as bad as it's been, the Mets are going to find a way to finesse their way into the playoffs. Clinton Kershaw out in L.A. getting back right. He had a back issue. Now he's getting healthy. He's thrown off the mound. NL West right now is a big race. The Dodgers one game back. They were leading the West for a while, but the Dodgers have pushed through. But more importantly, back to the East Nobody, you know, with, with all the attention that's been going on with certain teams and certain players getting picked up and getting dropped, injured, et cetera. Et cetera we're not talking about the fact that there's three teams in the A at least separated by two and a half games: the Blue Jays, the Reds, the Redskins, the Red Sox, and the Orioles. Why? Why isn't why is this division not getting more pub? That's my question. This division right now, you could say, is the best division in baseball, and they're not getting a pub. I've seen more about the Yankees surprising, and albeit they aren't surprising, than about the teams in front of them who are having a dogfight. There's no other division in baseball that looks like this. Granted, the two wild card spots makes things like this a little less relevant, because there's a chance that all three teams can still make the playoffs. But we have to give credit where credit is due. These teams were not there in some respects spent the money, made the trades to put the teams together to be in this race, and they need to be applauded. So shout out to the ALEs, and I think the Mets are going to make the playoffs. I have to reiterate that. Eddie, we miss you, bro. But next week, you better be on here. I have to carry the Eddie Cigarra segment by myself. Yes, it's his segment. I put his name on the air on Car Sessions. But Eddie, you better be back next week, bro. I tell your job, Car Sessions is more important than me doing this work right now. But everyone, I want to appreciate the time that you've taken to listen to this show. And do remember, every Monday, 7 p.m., Car Sessions is live. And if you can't catch us live, catch us on blogtalkradio.com slash talk. Until next time, I'm out of here.